Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined by our backup host, and that'll be funny if you watch the episodes we're about to be reviewing, but our backup host, Mark. Mark, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's always good to be back, and what a monumental episode to be on. It's yes, a heck of an episode that, for you to be that on. Is and I guess it's better than a backup guest, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We love you, Mark. <sighs> we love you. I'm glad you're back on the show. It's been way, way, way too long. I think it was Ghost of Geonosis the last time you were on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, right. when you say that, it's like when my scouts tell me what year they were born. I'm like, that really? That was only... Wait, how old are you? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Mark. Mark, don't even go that far. Don't. Right? Every yes. time they open their mouths, I'm all like, that was only... Wait, what the... Yeah. How did I how to get up to 10 digits here? <laughs> yeah. Try being me when you work with somebody who you keep joking. She's 21 and she's not 21, but you keep joking. The girl's 21 because she looks it. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of yes. 21 yeah. plus six, The Last Jedi is coming to Blu-ray and DVD on March 27th. Good. One. That was a terrible segue and I apologize. That was a tried. terrible segue. Um, we, I'm just going to go back. We should, like, before we get into announcements... Obviously, we're talking about season four of Rebels, episodes 10 and 11, Jedi Knight and Doom. Yes. Now you can tell us about cool things like The Last Jedi. And Matt. Ooh. No, um, The Last Jedi is coming to Blu-ray and DVD on March 27th and digital on March 13th. Uh, This is the first time we're going to have a Star Wars film available in 4K Ultra HD I'm very, yeah. very excited about this. I'm really excited for that. Yep. For, for those who have the 4K. It's going to look so good. It's going to look so, so good. So we got to get like screen captures, just like you were talking about. Remember, Steven, back when we were, I think we were reviewing The Last Jedi, uh, you said you wanted to use uh, the scene between uh, Luke and Kylo as your desktop background once it wouldn't be spoilers anymore. So, up, oh, hey, look at that. So, not that you can see my video, uh, I did get a high-res screen cap of that. I think Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars show had it on YouTube, and so that is literally my background on my <laughs> That's computer amazing. right now. That's that pretty cool. Pretty amazing, so, and you'll have to send me a copy, you know, please, because I, I need that in my I life. don't know. <laughs> um, it is, it's very delicate. You have to wait until you're like, okay, how long until I'm like, not spoil things for people when I like present stuff? It's and, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to get get murdered. Um, but uh, very dangerous. People are serious about their spoilers, especially uh, that I saw. That's a true. People, some people were very upset about spoilers in this episode too. But um, before we get to that, uh, at least tell you what's on the 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 the, the box set. Uh, you're gonna get a a number of uh, of uh, audio commentaries, including the director and the Jedi going behind the scenes with Ryan Johnson. Balance of the Force explores the mythology of the Force and how Ryan Johnson interpreted it. Scene breakdowns of the space battle um, at the beginning of the film. Uh, Excellent. How they created nice. the uh, uh, Snoke um, in an episode called, or special feature called Smoke and Mirrors. They have a, a showdown <laughs> on Crate, how they ta- created the, the, the Crate 
a fight scene. And then uh, a, a special feature on uh, Andy Circus live where they actually, you get to see Andy Circus performing live on set before he was transformed into Snoke himself. Uh, all those look really great. And of course, wait, 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 you're telling me Snoke wasn't played by Snoke. Why would they bring in a fake? I don't understand. Well, because this guy is supposedly really good at motion capture acting, supposedly. No, no. Andy Serkis is, is, is quite I, good. I and I heard his, his performance on set was uh, riveting. And so it's exciting that we'll actually get to see what he looked like before he was transformed into Snoke. Uh, we're also going to get an audio, audio commentary with Ryan Johnson. And last but certainly not least, because I think this is the most exciting piece, 14 deleted scenes covering <gasps> all sorts of things. That is I'm, pretty cool. I don't know about you guys. I'm really excited for the extended uh, Luke Milk scene. I hear it's like 15 minutes long. <laughs> well, well, now is this is, – are these deleted scenes on there. all the versions? Or are they only like on the target <clears throat> version? No, it's it's on uh, – you get the deleted scenes on every version. Great question. Yes. Good. Yeah. About Very time. Good. Although if you get the target version, you will get a special feature on Porks that is exclusive. Oh, That's porktastic. You know, I, I saw really, recently – Is that really appropriate for target? I mean, okay. probably. Okay. They were giving away okay, no, a life-size pork at the midnight Steven, launch, Steven, 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 so. if any oh, place God, out pork. there is going to be selling merchandise aimed at a animal that looks like it might as well already have a target around it, it might as well be target. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what you I know saw? Mark, when you put it that way. Right? <laughs> I get what it. I saw? You know what I saw? I actually saw a porg that was a backpack. So yeah, it was yeah. a porg back. Oh! Sorry. Had to. I laughed, and, and by the way, <laughs> I, by the way, I, you know, I sent I sent the photo to Riley because I thought Riley would get a kick out of it. Yeah, I'm sure he probably tortured Bruce with it a bit, or maybe even bought Bruce the backpack. <laughs> <laughs> he might have. Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, there there were over uh, 30 minutes of of the, the original cut was three hours long, and they pared it down to two and a half hours. So. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of really good deleted scenes. Uh, I can't wait. Nice. Um, and you know it'll immediately get people going, is it canon? Is it canon? It was cut, right? <laughs> no, cut, cut stuff is not canon, folks. Okay, please. I, yeah, but, look, wait, look wait, at, but, uh, but I actually do want to know the answer to those questions, Mark. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not canon. Like, Shock T for... still lived. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Okay, let's not, let's not go crazy here. No, 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 no. There's, there's another announcement we have to talk about. There was some kind of screening going on somewhere in, in, in some kind of city or something. Yeah, this was cool. Uh, Lucasfilm hosted a Rebels screening at their offices at the Presidio of San Francisco. The, uh, the very last Rebels screening at Lucasfilm, uh, since you know the, the show is obviously coming to an end very soon. And... No, I don't believe that. Really? Purely because purely because I'm in denial. But. Yeah, it's hard to, yeah, it's I hard know. to believe it's... we only have well at this point five episodes left. But um, but but yeah, they know the the screening was great. It was they they invited a bunch of the 501st and the the crew uh, to uh, attend the screening, and uh, it was it's always a joy. They they actually showed uh, four episodes, so these two plus the next two uh, as well. Uh, Lucky and, devils who saw that. Yeah, it was it was a great screening. They were great episodes, um, and then uh, they had a uh, uh, afterward they had a Q and A with Dave Filoni, hosted by friend of the show uh, Jenna Marie, and uh, she did she did a great job. And she'll actually be coming on the podcast next week to talk about uh, the the Q and A and and review 
the episodes with us. And we'll share a few tidbits from the Q&A this, this week uh, as appropriate. But the, the bulk of information will be next week because there's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, mm. Spoilers. So, How oh, come on. When do we not William... have stuff to talk about, guys? <sighs> right. oh, we've got yes. plenty to talk about. I mean, it's the last seven episodes of the series. There's going to be a lot to talk about. I guess there might be something. Okay. Seven episodes, but only three days, right? Yeah. Yes. That's what makes it harder to believe. (laughs) We're only going to sit down to watch Rebels two more times. Yeah. I didn't didn't do that math until last night. And then I was like, wait, it's real for real? Because I didn't know that the last three were all going to be shown together. So it's like, oh, man, talk about going out with a blow up. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, it will be interesting how they're going to go out with it with the three episodes like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. Well, never mind. I was going to say, obviously, there's they started off this you know set of episodes with a bang, so maybe they'll go out with a bang, but that just makes me sad again. So I'm just going to stop. Speaking of bangs, you got listeners out there can leave a review on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Actually, we did get a review recently. I'd like to thank Don't Care Bear for the review that you gave us on iTunes. Really appreciated. And for anybody else who'd like to do it, it doesn't have to be iTunes. It could be any other podcast catcher, any other feed. Go ahead and leave us a review because it actually helps us grow within the Star Wars community. That helps us helps people find us. And spread the word. There's a lot more coming, folks. And we appreciate it. So Yes, we do. With that, Tom, tell us what we're gonna be talking about today. I am excited. This is a big one. I you know, I am too, because we're gonna be discussing uh season four, episode ten, Jedi Knight. This was written by Dave Filoni and Henry Gilroy and directed by Sal Ruiz. Um, in this episode, the ghost crew infiltrates the Imperial headquarters on the Thal to save one of their own. This basically you could say picks up where the cliffhanger from the first part of this left off, because um well, you can actually say it. Hera's actually been captured, and they have to go on a rescue mission to go get her. Yeah, I had to go back on that. I totally forgot. I was like, mm-hmm. wait, where's Hera's it, what? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. And the pickup from that far away, yeah, understandable. Oh, I mean, she was just having so much fun, though. You know, we've been, well, the show's been gone for, what, three months? So that's, what, three months of time sitting in a chair with our dear Governor Price? Okay, now wait a minute. The question is, who is having more fun? Was it Hera or Governor Price? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hera was having so much fun. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. I mean, Price, when she says you have a lovely voice, General Sandula, I think that that really illustrates a, a depth of her evil. You know, no, I mean, the, no, the line that re- there's that, and then she ups it a notch when Thrawn walks in and it's like, ah, oh, how's the interrogation going? She's like, oh, I haven't even, I haven't even started yet. This right? Is, yeah. yeah. I was I mean, she doubles down and then triples down in this episode. Like, I thought the Thrawn book made her already feel a little shady and devious, but mm-hmm. this really adds to that. And yet, at the same time, like, it almost get like that bumbling villain-esque aspect like she's the foil for Thrawn like she's his out like everything's just so perfectly writ in this one where Mm -hmm. he leaves at just the right time and the right motivation to get him off planet so she's all in charge like man if Filoni and Gilroy don't get an award for this it's gonna be criminal I mean this is probably one of the better episodes this needs to be up for some kind of an award I mean for for some Mm -hmm. kind of animation if animation something or other for the writing on this episode. In fact, I think the show in general really mm-hmm. should be nominated and should hopefully get an award at some point. I mean, think about that first scene. You know, you got Kanan doing his meditation and stuff, and one of the first things he says basically points everything out about the emotions. He's like, you take the lead. I can't think clearly. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean that's, well, that's just that's so shot, brilliant. 
And that shocked Ezra too, because Ezra was, Ezra was like, wait a minute, I'm not the one that should be leading this you. And it's great because he comes back with my, in so many words, my head's not into this and it needs to be clear. You're the one that can keep it clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's brilliant too, because we later see Ezra lock in like almost immediate where hair is at. Like he's really grown, not just as a leader, but as a competent fighter as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. He, instantly knew exactly where she was and and kind of what what to go do uh as right. was really well, we really see him kind of come into his own and uh and really learn how to 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 you know wield the force to the, uh, the full extent uh, so that's pretty powerful use there where he started off not at all um and to feel confident enough to lead this mission to go rescue you know i guess their 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 mom almost for for lack of a better word mm-hmm well, that's true. He did have help, though, because he did he did point out where he knew Hera was, but it was Sabine that said, yeah, she would probably be on the, 100, the 157th floor D block. So, you know, at least there was that bit of help from Sabine. And the two of them working together in this episode, it's interesting to see how that progresses for the last mm-hmm. few, because they did work very well together and they have been as the episodes go. There's something between the two of them that, you know, we'll see how it goes. No, I'm the end. in that same boat because it's wrapping I up. Keep, quick. I've been shipping them yeah. from the start, but more and more <laughs> I I'm okay with them not having a romantic relationship and being more like partners. Like I, they're really working. Well. Totally agree with you. And on Ezra, that. he's slipped. Yeah, totally agree. He's kind of like that. the, uh, Baradan Jusik of, uh, Karen Travis's books, you know, the Jedi that mm. became Mando to a degree. Like, I, I think that mm-hmm. there's a kinship there that the two of them will be able to explore if if we don't see it in this series maybe in another series you know yeah that's a good point totally agree totally agree i think that i think you're you're right on point with that mark so thrawn uh, arrives in governor price's office and i i love how they actually brought back Hera's calicori it was a, a plot point in earlier seasons mm-hmm. and it could have been left by the wayside but they actually brought it back and used it to its full effect Mm-hmm. in these two episodes mm-hmm. in, in, in a really poignant way. Um, and, and it also not tied in nicely with Thrawn and his love of art. Cause he looks at the Calicori and he says, you know, instantly he knows what it means, uh, what it represents to about her family. Uh, and, and he actually is able to do something that none of us knew. Hera had a brother who died when she was young, mm-hmm. which was surprising. Well, that she claims died when she was Yeah, young. so, okay, so my question, Stephen, then, is do you think he's still alive? Because it's odd that at this stage, with just seven episodes left in the entire series, they're like, oh, by the way, Hera had a brother, and he died when she was young. So here's my here's my super crazy theory. And the Love only to hear reason The only reason I'm throwing it out there is so that on the, like, one in a million chance it's right. I get to say that. I <laughs> uh, we've all we've all been assuming that Hera survives into Rogue One and beyond because we hear General Sindula, please come to the you know command room or whatever. Mm-hmm. We now have another Sindula that could be a general. Yeah. There's another. I was gonna yeah. say. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's priceless. <laughs> Oh, As Thrawn Thrawn. will be when he gets back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, as Price will be. (laughs) He will be when he takes out Price for her her failures. 
Okay, too soon. Too is soon. It, is it too finally soon. time for Price to pay up for her mistakes? Oh, God, we haven't gotten there yet. That's in the other she episode. She will be paying the I price have... for sure. Now, 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 you mentioned that, that oh. this brother could be alive. I, I was thinking this brother had to have died during the Clone Wars, and this is part of what set Chom so resolute mm. that the Empire is bad and the Empire has mm. to be taken down. That could yeah. be, yeah. I could Absolutely. see that. I could see that potentially being uh, I could see it. the case. I'm... Um... And don't, don't we know. also it, it, know that Hera survives due to the Lego cannon adjacent her being out there at uh, Return yes. of the Jedi plus uh, Forces of Destiny? I'm sorry, Forces of Destiny as well. Destiny, yeah. Density? Yeah. Back to the Future reference for you guys. There you go. So, but anyway, it does seem a little odd, and I wonder if her brother will show up in one of the other in some other book or comic series or something. And they're just setting him up here, man. I would love for that to be the case. I, I, I doubt it. Cause it doesn't seem like they're really pushing hard on that playthrough yet. Mm-hmm. It seems like that kind of playthrough is more for like the, the movies when the last Jedi came out, you get like bomber command and cobalt squadron that lets you know the Tico sisters. So you get that delivery, but they're all small minor characters, like the big characters and stuff. They're kind of keeping that for specifically the film. So I, I don't know if we're going to get that. Mm. One thing I did like though, is this gave me an excuse to bust out my, uh, Calicori for the, uh, Thrawn San Diego comic-con edition. So I've got that in Hera's hand now. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. L- lucky devil with that Thrawn. I'm yeah, telling you. Beautiful. Nice, nice. Yeah. Speaking of uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, of uh, of of Hera and the Calicori and uh, and everything, you know, in this whole scene, she's wearing an orange jumpsuit with some numbers on it, and it looks like a date. And we can't even figure out what that. No, means. I I've tried, and uh, you know, yeah, even I've, even Dave I've Filoni tried. said during the Q and A he can't remember, but it looks like a date. <laughs> it's two one it eight twenty ten, or maybe twenty eighteen. Or two yeah, slash eight. I, thought, I read it as twenty eight. See, I did too. I at first I checked the date because you know the episode launched on two nineteen twenty eighteen. Right. I was like, I'm, mm-hmm. oh, you guys missed it by one day. Like, they were off by one. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, that's why he couldn't remember. So bizarre. <laughs> it's a common error when coding. Off by one. Nah. <laughs> oh God. It, you know what? It probably you know that when they were making the episode, they may have been in you know a different country, and so the date they're like, oh, it's gonna air on the. You know, on this date. And they're like, oh, no, we forgot. This is going to air in Pacific, which means it's actually the previous day. And then there's – it's just – you know, time zones are oh, always yeah. a pain. I, I think that. I'll buy that. <laughs> but I, I want to go back to the Caligori, uh, Caligori yeah. bit. I want – because haven't I always said if you call attention to something mm-hmm. – you should always bring you are back. you know i quote so, you as that because you're the first person in my life yeah. to ever say that and you have been right more often than i've been yep. thinking it wouldn't be so <laughs> so i am gonna throw it out there there is a reason why thrawn would not have said you have a brother for no reason mm-hmm. if you look at that character and you look at how how cunning how thoughtful how uh studious he is and how he uses every little piece of information he Ooh. gets, he threw that out there for a Tom. reason. So I'm I'm saying this. I'm saying this just as an overall thing. It's been thrown out there for a reason. I'm not saying within these next episodes it will pay off, but who's to say it's not going to pay off somewhere yeah. else? What if the brother's an imperial sympathizer? What if he left and joined the oh. empire? Oh, that would be interesting. Stars. Uh, that'd be fun. Well, that, 
But you see, that would be interesting because if you are looking at, if you're looking at it from that perspective, he's an alien. But then again, Rock is an yeah. alien, so there could be sympathizers within the Empire. Yeah. Um, that's a possibility. Yeah, it is. Or we are Anything's making possible. a much bigger deal out of all of this than we think. And yeah. Well, that's because I'm on the episode. I, I always do that. Don't. Yeah, that's don't true. Be absurd, that's, I, I have to throw we, it out there too. When has the fandom ever made a mountain out of never, a never, never, like, happened. It, it's no, like never, when you look yeah, at Loth never. bats, Loth rats, Loth cats, Loth wolf, Loth Ezra. Like, what's with the Loth? Like, Loth are, are womp rats from a different planet too? Now, I'm starting to question everything. <laughs> the planet womp. Yeah. No, uh, I like the planet womp. Mark, planet Mark, womp. I want you to. I just. I want you to picture for a moment. You are a space biologist. You are responsible for naming all the species of the galaxy. How long do you think you can go before you'd be like, you know what? I'm tired of coming up with a new, whatever the Star Wars equivalent of Latin name is, <laughs> mm-hmm. for every single thing. What planet yeah. are we on? Loth. 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 Uh, Lothal. Great. Lothbat. Next. It makes okay, sense. Okay, where are we? Oh, we're on Bothawi. Great. Bothcat. Next. Wait, does that does that make I like this one. Does that does Lothroach. that make Ezra a Lothan? Loth- a a lot. <laughs> Many Loth. Right? That's not bad. Right? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Did you re- you didn't you didn't know that Mon Mothma like she was kind of mumbling a little so you couldn't really tell but Many Lothan <laughs> died. <laughs> To get the Death Star plan. What do you think happens to Ezra? (laughs) He's a Lothan. Okay, that makes sense. Now we know. Now we know. You know. You know. Remember the whole "Where's the Bothans" thing from Um, a few months ago? Like nobody's been able to use Bothans in the EU. It's because they're all being converted into Lothans. Just saying. (laughs) No. Yeah, and also, also, if you do remember from the uh, commercial that we've gotten so far, the little preview, you do have Thrawn say. Destroy the city, yeah. so many Lothans have That's died. That's true. That's true. There you go. Well, speaking well, of converting, though, we watched Kanan kind of convert back to his previous self with his hair. Mark, you're on it today. Yeah, right? No, uh, this I was, is great, I was going to go with the, uh, the, the, yeah, that's a great, great, great segue. Um, oh, heck, go with the yeah, hair. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's got to complain about the hair because look. Well, at but they, it. they mean, tied it in perfect because he's like, like I'm blind. <laughs> like I did the best I could yeah. do. <laughs> I just love that. Line. No, the worst. No, the worst part is when we were uh, talking about the trailer. Like I was talking about it with William, and William's like, maybe it's all for me to say this, but like, no one like like no, people don't like his haircut, but he is blind. So I'm like, William, that is awful. <laughs> How could you say that? And uh, they apparently had no problem saying it themselves. So okay, uh, William, but, but, I take it back. <laughs> But there's another thing you have to look at it this way. He did not cut himself. Yeah. You would Yeah, think. and shaved with a yeah, with a knife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kudos to the blind man. He did it too. Like I mean, you know, I mean you, he's just he's just that good. Now, okay. During yeah. this scene, I, I I started to pick up on the music themes. You know, like there, there were a oh. lot of really strong music themes in this one, but I, mm. I don't know. I was picking up this whole Legend of Zelda meets Star Wars, like in that moment. It yeah. was really working. I loved it, and a lot of symmetry of the imagery in that room, specifically the room yeah. where he does all the meditating. When we come back to that room later, and in and in the next episode, like every scene, I wanted to just screenshot it. It was just beautifully mm-hmm. put together. Mm-hmm. It, the the yeah. music, every Sorry, Steven. I was gonna say, just Mark, you're so right. I don't even know how to put it into words. Like. I've often said I don't ever pick up on music when I watch things, and that is 100% the case. 
I picked it up multiple times in this episode. They just oh, they did many. an amazing the, job. The music in many, this many scene times. where gorgeous. Uh, uh, Kanan is undergoing his transformation almost reminded me of Journey into the Star Cluster from season two. I I, I really enjoyed um, that piece. And yeah, Kevin Kiner just knocked it out of the park in, in these two episodes. It was also nice to see the 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 Kanan not not just uh, which will change his his his, his look because it, it kind of symbolizes a um, transformation of mm-hmm. sorts. And Filoni mm-hmm. was talking about how you know much like how a samurai removes everything before going into battle, uh, Kanan was kind of um, uh, removing the layers that he'd been hiding under and protecting himself with, and kind of mm-hmm. becoming the man he originally was when he first met Hera all those years ago. Um, you know, cutting off the ponytail, shaving the beard, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, well, I, it is, it has got to be the most expensive, uh, model change. <laughs> that, I shouldn't say it's it, in terms of model change. It's probably not, you know, different from anything else, but like mm. for a single episode, uh, spoilers alert, <laughs> like that is, I was, you know, like, you know, we talked about this before, like, we figured Kanan was going to die, and an episode called Doom... <gasps> he dies? Feels... Sorry, spoilers. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> like, we've, we were all figuring the episode would be Doom right. when it mm-hmm. happens. And we're like, oh, yep, see, like, they're changing up his look, you know, we'll get an episode or two of his look, and then it'll happen. And, uh, nope, uh, that did not But happen. is it, really, yeah, is it really that difficult? I mean, like, think about The Sims. You're changing hairstyles and eyebrows and, and eyeball size and stuff with just a quick little modulation of an algorithm. Like, wouldn't that's it be true. too hard just the, to swap the face there? Yeah, that's it's, true. The animation it's, itself it's not, isn't going to change all that much. In fact, they might save some money on the, on the ponytail. Maybe that's why they did it. That ponytail is expensive. Yeah, it's it's not <laughs> it's not that difficult, especially when you're working in a 3D environment. It's probably not that difficult to have it done. But you see, I I read that whole thing as his transformation of him basically becoming the Jedi he is supposed to be. Yes, it is true that he went back to what he originally looked like when Hera first met him, and then he was getting rid of the layers of him hiding. You know, he got the ponytail and the the beard, but. It was one of the things in which he got to the point where it's like, I need to accept my destiny. I am now at this point going to be the Jedi Knight that I am instead of hiding this way and being like, you know, the the, the teacher. I am going to fulfill my destiny and be the Jedi Knight. And this is the way I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I really liked is I felt like it wasn't even necessarily a, uh, you know. I accept my destiny, but as a, I accept what will, whatever will come. Right. And this is something that uh, Rebels Recon kind of touched on is Kanan didn't know he was going to be dying, you know, on this rescue mission, but he'd accepted oh, that it was a possibility. I, I would, I would think to a certain extent he had to have known. I mean, even, even I think going back to when it was the episode before this and he meets the wolf and he goes, I know what I have to do. I mean, I think at that point he accepted his destiny. He knew that he knew this was going to happen. And especially when he looks at Ezra and does say, I need you to take this over because I can't keep my head straight. I think that is also a a thing to where if he knew it wasn't that time, yeah, he probably couldn't have kept his head straight, but he still would have tried to have been the Mm -hmm. leader instead of turning it over to Ezra to say, you do it. Mm -hmm. And it's nice because he's also preparing. He's also preparing Ezra to be the leader going he forward. Is. Well, I, I don't know yeah. if I would say the only leader. I I, I kind of see 
them as you know well from the share, jedi yeah, perspective definitely from the jedi perspective because they all kind of share the yeah I, I, it's it's almost hard i don't know if i would say there's one leader in the ghost crew necessarily you know uh hera and kanan are kind of like the the, the parents quote-unquote well the mother right? and father yeah, but, yeah they're the parents but aside from that everyone has their own specialty and um you know a lot of they, they kind of share equal uh responsibility mm-hmm. as well see I always uh, thought Hera was the leader, but the fact that Kanan Spectre won kind of was like, okay, well, maybe she made him the default leader, or he's the tactical on the ground leader. You know? I think it's like how they share it. You're you're the leader in name, I'm the leader in reality, or, you know, you, you lead <laughs> right. the force side, I'll lead the military side, that sort of thing. Uh, right. Who knows? But yeah, 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 definitely. See, um, and, and I didn't quite pick up the vibe that he was going to die until much later. Like, when he says, you know, may the force be with you to Ezra and Sabine, when he does that really killer epic drop over the edge, like, that was a great moment. But when I was watching it my second time, there were a lot of little cues that kind of I should have picked up on the first trip through. Like, when Zeb, you know, he's having his... The last thing Zeb actually says to Kanan is, this is one of those times I'm glad the force is with you. And I thought mm-hmm. that that, you know... Knowing where we go and knowing that this is the last written line, like that's a, again, getting back to the writing, just beautiful, just, yeah. just beautiful, man. No, definitely, definitely. And, and you, you could kind of tell it was in some ways their, their last conversation uh, here and there. But, um, the, the other thing that Zeb says tells Kanan though, which, which I enjoy because, because remember they, that we, when Kanan is doing the, um, he's going through his transformation, we could get a nice montage of, the rebels building these lothbat gliders so they can sneak in undetected. And once they're done, uh, Zeb tells Kanan, it's probably good. You can't see this flying contraption because it's just <laughs> so bad. And Zeb doesn't even go on it. But, but you know, the, the shot of Kanan, Ezra and Sabine flying off into the sunset on the gliders to rescue Hera with Zeb and Chopper pulling. That on, was pretty cool. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. One of my favorite. That was pretty cool. I, this shot. Yeah, the sh- I was gonna say the shot uh, where there you see them kind of coasting over the city streets w- in the capital was just mm-hmm. it, it's so gorgeous. So the, the only yep. thing that I I thought about on the second time watching though that seemed off was why wasn't Kanan wearing stormtrooper armor of some sort? Well, because he he was he was gonna climb on the outside. Yeah, he he did not have to go in and actually infiltrate like Sabine and Ezra had to do. He was on the outside. He it put it this way, if he was in stormtrooper armor, would that joke or would that line that Hera pulled of I didn't expect him to come through the window. <laughs> I mean, she she if it was a stormtrooper hanging outside, she probably could have guessed, but still it, it wouldn't have paid yeah. off. You have a, a moment yeah. where he's standing behind him and ignites and she's like, "Aren't you a little tall for that armor?" <laughs> that would have been funny though. <laughs> that actually because because of the way that she was loopy, which actually that was pretty cool how they did that whole double vision thing of mm-hmm. her through her eyesight. That was pretty cool. That would have worked. But I think he had to be because also it's a thing where he's acknowledging he's the Jedi. Yeah. And apparently those probe droids, they dose you up with about 150 cc's of Everclear. <laughs> it looked to be. <laughs> I mean, hair is like, I, oh, I, you look, I don't like your hair. I hate it. <laughs> like, Okay, Miss Honesty. <laughs> I actually really laughed because, you know, we've we've seen that, I'm going to say, the dramatic shot of the, uh, you know, Dr. – what is it? Dr. Yeah. Ball. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dr. Like, Ball. This very dramatic, like, oh, it's coming towards you. And then, of course, like in, you know, episode four, it cuts away and so on. And I just – I loved that. It's just like, and they pricked you once and they mm. were done. Yeah. Boop. Done. Off. Thank you, Dr. Ball. We don't need you anymore. 
Well, it's pretty pretty quick. You have to yeah. put it this way. What what I thought was funny is they, they always tell especially you shots when, of painless. When, well, yeah, they they kind of are. But what I thought was very funny was when Kanan actually came to save her. Instead of going through the window, to sit there and she goes, "Oh God, you stormtroopers are in a boatload of trouble." And they're like looking at her like, oh, wow, she's really doped up. And all of a sudden the circle forms below one of the stormtroopers and he just falls. <laughs> this was such a brutal episode. Oh, my God. Like we and got we had a stormtrooper fall through the floor and plummet to his death. A we had a stormtrooper who got knocked out. Uh, yeah, one out the window in a yeah. very Mace Windu-esque fashion. Another one who's just riding in the gunship. And, oh, oh look at that. We're, turn- we're sideways. Oh, I got one for you, too. Uh, I mean, think about when Kanan came through the hole. He touched the burnt metal, and he didn't get burned. And yet he got burned mm-hmm. by the end of the episode. Whoa. Oh. Head spin it. Head spinning like Thrawn's must have been when Tarkin's like, oh, hey, by the way, this uh, Orson Krennic guy, he's got this Stardust program, and it's like siphoning all the funds the Empire has for all these new things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your Titus defenders. Like, so you might want to get your butt to Coruscant and talk to Palpatine to get some funding. Like, what a brilliant way to get Thrawn out of the picture. I mean, all this time with Thrawn in play... I felt like, what could these guys do? You know, the Rebels are doomed. I mean, you're up against one of the most calculating mm-hmm. minds of Star Wars time next to Palpatine himself. Yep. And what a brilliant yep. way to just take him out of the out of there. Plus, it gives Price the ultimate chance to screw up as hard as she does. Oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. You know, I actually, I, I have to give Dave Filoni and crew a lot of credit. You may remember when we were, had the original kind of TIE Defender episodes. One of my complaints was like, hey, the TIE Defender is really powerful. Really is weird that, you know, this amazing fighter is not present anywhere else in the trilogy mm-hmm. uh, if it was that good. And here we go. Like, this is why. Yes. Uh, first of all, of course, there's the whole funding issue because, you know, Death Stars and TIE Defenders, they just don't grow on trees as much mm-hmm. as you might think they do. Well, to uh, a certain extent, with the amount of money they would save if they were to do the TIE Defender compared to the Death Star, yes, they probably could have grown on trees, <laughs> sort, of, sort of say, but because of something that happened later, now you understand why the TIE Defender, it, it go ahead. It closed that loops just perfectly. Mm-hmm. It, it yes. really did. And the other thing I, I liked is, you know, we don't often get to see uh, or, or hear about the Empire's resource constraints, as silly as it sounds, you know, they... they uh, they don't just pump up, pump out unlimited star destroyers and tie fighters and all that kind of stuff. It, there is a cost, and they have to decide: do we put these mm-hmm. resources toward, you know, the tie defenders, or do we put them toward the Death Star? And it's it's fascinating to 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 be able to see that in this show, as well as show the dynamic between Tarkin and Krennic. Even though Krennic is not in mm-hmm. Rebels, uh, we mm-hmm. get to see how Tarkin has that animosity, but he's kind of also playing both sides. Where one moment you think like. He's saying, oh, we should shut down the TIE Defender program and go uh, with the Death Star. And the other minute he's saying, oh, that Death Star project, it's, like, not doing well at all. Uh, you should do it with your TIE right. Defenders. And so Tarkin's playing both sides, but it's it's fun to see that funding. There's discussion. also the, the other shoe loved, falling here. I've... Which was? Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, we've just lost all of the fuel supply. The Empire's going to have to get that somewhere. There's going to be planets that are going to feel that... the, the wrath of the Empire as they rebuild That's those true. supplies. That's very true. Yeah. So this could backfire. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It could ba- backfire on one person in particular because this one person decided to 
well, it's going to get there a little bit later, but decide to throw a parade. Yeah, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the next a episode. Later down time. the road. Did um, you see the fireworks? Yeah, Let's the, throw a parade. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, did anybody? Any the fireworks catch, are free. We didn't have to pay uh, for them. When when the uh, when the the ghost crew was flying over the city with the the Lothbat gliders, uh, one of the stormtroopers uh, looks up and says, "He like notices the Lothbats and just completely disregards them, saying that they're mm-hmm. not as dangerous as Loth cats." And that was no other, none other than Dave Filoni himself. Uh, oh, the lucky oh, devil! Yeah. It must be nice that you can be the producer of the show and actually get in there and do a voice. every once in a while, you know. Yeah. Just, just every now, yeah. And that was a great scene too, because like when I was watching that, one of the first two that went by, I'm like, oh, there's the gliders, and then I see the other two right. gliders. I was like, oh, one of those was an actual Lothbat. Hey, Ezra was yes. dead on point. Yeah, it yes. actually did yes. blend Wait, in. Yeah. As skeptical as we all yes. were. Um, and the other thing was Kanan even called that out mm-hmm. because I think he did something. He said something to the extent of that. They were not aware of their environment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why they don't look up or something. Well, to yeah, the a lot of people don't never, pay attention. Uh, well, it, it, exactly. A lot of people don't. They're, they're all staring at yeah. their data pads as they're walking down the street. Um, but <laughs> who would do that? But, William? Um, but uh, I wonder if uh, everyone at the uh, the tie defender factory is smacking into the glass walls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh but, uh, well, I don't yeah. know where that one went. Uh, I completely lost my train of thought because I just had to go there with the joke. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Kanan finally does rescue Hera though, and and she is pretty uh, pretty loopy from the uh, being drugged up, um, and they kind of use this to go play back and forth because. They've been doing this, you know, will they, won't they with Kanan and Hera for a long time. And, and so, you know, she's like oh, four seasons. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so and they've been hinting and at it more it and more well. in the last, you know, this season. Uh, and, you know, so so Kanan rescues her and, you know, she uh, kind of like falls in his arms for a second. He says, I need to tell you. She says that she needs to tell him something. And she says, I hate your hair, uh, you know, and, and, and in a very funny way, because she's not she's still a little overly honest, let's say. Um, and uh, uh, you know, and then again later when they're trying to escape Rook and the uh, the, the the dark troopers, um, death. You mean the yeah, troopers, yeah, sorry. those Rogue death, One death, death troopers. Yeah. I said dark, um, because they're dark. That's true. You were close yeah. enough. Uh, it's very different though. Very different. Mark that they. You know what? Yeah, they are different. Just because they're all the same color doesn't mean yeah. Don't be stormtrooperist. The they are the same. <laughs> Um, oh god but uh uh you know again they get to the top of the building and she reflects that canon has always been there from again you think it starts to happen and um and then you know she falls away because rook comes and, and, and attacks and so they go back and forth and back and forth uh a lot just kind of teasing it ever so well, i was gonna say ever so slightly but very blatantly really um yeah. See, yes. that fight's when I started to figure out that things were going to change. Yeah, that, uh, Kanan loses his lightsaber, and he doesn't go back for it. And and in that moment, I was like, okay, he either builds another one, or from here on out, he's going without a lightsaber. And I was still I was still like, you know, they're not going to do it now. Like, I, I didn't think they would. I, I was like, it's way too soon to be now. You're never ready for when it comes. No. You know, one thing I found interesting was so i I get kanan's uh rescue right he grabs the um that magnetic climbers mission impossible style and scales the outside of the building Mm -hmm. and he actually grabs harris calicardi which was really nice as well and 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 she appreciated which was cool 
uh, that was very in a cool. funny way. Um, but Ezra and Sabine infiltrate the base and steal a, a ship and then uh, was going to go rescue them. I guess I guess maybe they would have picked them up on the top of the dome. Um, maybe that would have made more sense. I, I think I'm the like, expectation why did was... they steal the ship if they they could have just taken any ship? I guess, maybe I guess they didn't, probably didn't have one. Um, well, I, I think the expectation was for him to yeah. go back on top of okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 Governor yeah. Price's office and be picked up yeah. there. Yeah. But because when they got hand. to the top, yeah, when they got to the top, mm-hmm. it's like, we need another place to go to, which ties in nicely to what happens in the rest of the episode where he goes, hey, go to the fuel depot. Because at the end, I'm sorry, at next episode, it actually proves there was a point to his madness of going to right. the fuel depot. Right. Well, and Kanan wasn't thinking very straight, though, because he let a very intoxicated Hera fly the ship. I mean, and then he's like, that was one well, of your better yeah. crashes. He's like, Kanan Jarrus, you know I never crash. I, you have very excited landings. Yeah, I know. Like, the way she dropped his name. Never oh fly God, I was after so being hard. tortured, guys. You're under <laughs> yeah, the influence and, of a truth and, serum. Never very, fly. Very, very true. Uh, but, but don't you agree that this episode had oh, some very good lines? Mm-hmm. That, that was one, one of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And also the one about, yeah. you know, Ezra being the backup pilot. So I'm here in the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that crack, that was the, such a stupid joke and it cracked me up. I, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm embarrassed at how much I laugh at that one. Well, and on top of that, the, like, the three stormtroopers no. didn't say anything. No, not at all. Not at all. They're like, I, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You're right. Well, until, now, until when they're flying the towards the fuel depot, though, they get shot in the wing, and the wing's catching on fire. There's a moment where I'm like, this isn't a bright plan. You're flying towards gas with a flaming <laughs> flyer. <laughs> but there was a, a point to the plan. Detail. Minor detail that's already true. There was always, there was always a point mm-hmm. to the plan. Always. True. I mean, heck. He even they even scaled to the top of the one in the middle. I mean, they could have picked any one of them, but the one in the middle is the one they had to pick. Why? Because when that thing goes, everything around it's going to See, go. and I thought that was like the, yeah. the perfect bluff on Kanan's part. You know, go to the middle. We're right there. There's no way they're going to shoot. Like, Thrawn wouldn't have made that no. shot. <laughs> uh, yes, but look, look who they were yeah, dealing with. Yeah. They were dealing with somebody who basically went over the edge for, let's just say... A brief second and and just to see the at at driver kind of question that it's like mm-hmm. in so many words are you sure and that's where she just like lost it yeah 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 but, is, but, but uh, right before then we finally it. get the moment oh go ahead between yeah. kanan and and kanan and hera and that's when she finds you know what? i know what to say i love you and and they kiss and um you know while she is under the influence of the the truth serum she does confirm, like, it's me. Like, I, I you know, yes, I'm mm-hmm. being more honest, but I, I honestly do, mm-hmm. you know, do feel this way. Um, ending four years of the will they, won't they. Um, but sadly, mm-hmm. things are not to be. Because as soon See, as music that happens. At this point, it tricked me. I was like, no, no way. The heroic music, I'm like, he's going to take the yes. girl. They're going to ride off in the sunset. Yes. And. Then when it happens, this is like I, I melted down. Like I was just okay. Ah! It was, <laughs> I was screaming. I, I no. agree with you, Mark. I agree with you because it was it was played up like they were going to get mm-hmm. away. The gunship appears. Sabine's waving with a big smile on her face. Turns to the side. There's Ezra inside. 
Come on, you love so many words. Love birds. Get in the ship. Let's go. Waving big smile on his fra- face. I mean, it was all played perfectly yeah. that they yeah. were going to get away. But in but instead, Price fires on the fuel pod, and it just explodes. And you know, I wonder how long in in real time this took. But you know, in the show, it's kind of slowed down, and we see you know Kanan use the force to hold back the uh, the blast to engulf the transport and kill you know, Ezra and Sabine and Hera. It was it so is. It beautiful. Was, oh, yeah, it was very beautiful. cool. And you know Hera starts to rush to- toward him. He like pushes her back with the force, and you see as the flames start to engulf him, he looks back at her, and in this moment of clarity, he regains his sight, and he is able to look at the love straight at the love of his life, and then he pushes her back with the force, and gets the ship out of safety and is consumed by the fireball. And it is mm-hmm. heartbreaking. He transcended. It is awful. And yeah, yeah. It, it, especially, you know, when you see his eyes uh, regain, when he finally regains his sight after being blind, you know, especially that just adds that additional, you know, twisting of the knife, you know, because mm. you remember on Malachor, the heartbreak promised her that he would see her again. And he did yep. in yeah. his very final moments. And Dave Filoni said he wanted to follow through on that. And that, you know, in his final moments, he's no longer bound by the physicality of sight. And, um, mm-hmm. oh, I know it was, it was tough. Mark, Mark, how did, how did you feel Just, with Kan about Kanan's death? Man. Well, so I, I, I was, I was screaming, no, 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 no. You know, it's too soon. <laughs> everybody in my house came out. I was watching it by myself at first, but by the time I was done, I'm a sobbing mess with everybody <laughs> in my house around me. Give me a big hug. Cause I'm just like, oh, so, so beautifully done. I mean, I, I lost my <laughs> God, cookies. Mark. Like, okay. I, t- for those that have never read any of these legends books, I'm going to throw you titles out there. Books where there have been moments like this that I loved at vector prime. Uh, we've got star. Star by Star, we've got Traitor, we've Mm -hmm. got uh, Invincible, as well as Sacrifice. Man, those ones, every one of those had that kind of delivery. Uh, Even throw out Dark Disciple. Right. I mean, I am. I love yeah. a good faith Ooh, story that's, when you when you get yeah. that kind of closure. And sometimes when it hurts, it's the best. Uh, and, and for me, I, I I was screaming it's too soon because like he just he just got the I love you. Like ever since John Jackson Miller threw out their first book and it was like, you know, they were calling each other love. I was like, this has got to happen. And so I, w- mm-hmm. I just I wasn't that's ready true. for that moment. I was like, no. And then as my son and me were watching, it, you know, he's like. He's like, man, why is everything going so slow? I'm like, dude, this is like in like 0.5 of a second. Like, this is a gas bomb going up at once. Like, when yeah. when the shot goes off, Kanan's already in movement before the shot even hits. And like, you know, Hera, like like William said, you know, she starts coming off, but he's doing like a two hand push at first. And mm-hmm. when she comes out, he does that turns and he looks at her like like William was saying. And I love the fact that once he recognizes that she's safe, he turns and uses both hands, gives up on himself, on everything else, and shoves his family to safety. And I mean, yep. I just, I completely lost it, man. I was, it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. And it made for one of the most poignant endings of all time. I mean, I just, the way it hit that, that logo and you had the burning embers coming down, I was just, uh, a good cry, you know. I mean, I mean, and I told my wife, I'm like, it was so elegantly done. Which, if you don't know, that's a, a Thrawn used that line when Rook ends up 
doing something to him in the heir to the Jedi or the heir to the Empire series. And that's his line when it happens. It was so elegantly done. And I mean, that's just it was everything about this was done so well in the eyes. Like, I just kept feeling like, oh, yeah. you know, he transcended, like, maybe we'd see him in some form or fashion, maybe Force Ghost, or or he'll be a voice like Qui-Gon was or something. And then, as we'll see in the next episode, I had some theories about what's going on with some visions in that. And I'm just, mm-hmm. there was just so much stuff. But, yeah, I wasn't ready to let him go. And then, even today, when we're sitting down to record this, to realize that we've only got three more time, well, two more now, to sit down and watch this, it just, if this is what we're going to get each time we sit down, oh, my God, I, I, I am beside myself for these three episodes I don't, I don't know if i can i don't know if i can handle that every for the next you know two or three sit downs we have for the ending see and normally i Ooh, watch this two weeks later so like when, when william called me up like he's like hey you want to see i i had no idea what we were in for i was like oh my god like mm. you knew this is gonna be this heart-wrenching you <laughs> you sadist like but yeah i mean hey, i was but- completely completely not expecting that i was like i was so glad that i went into that spoiler free that would have sucked and of course you know mm-hmm. i'm trying to be on twitter and, and and glow about it without spoiling anything as well but i'm sure i didn't do as good a job but man what what writing man what writing well i, I think I, I think let let's look at it from from the point of view of why the episodes are being shown the way they are going into the next episode we still have to give a rating on this one but going into the next episode it would not be fair for the fans to have a week off to then show the next episode. I think this episode, it was it was the best thing because the fans were able to go from this one to the next one and with the characters process right. what happened and go through it all. And that may be the same thing with the next two episodes. Whatever happens at the end of that first of the next two episodes mm-hmm. The second episode is going to be the same thing to where it's going to give the fans the, the ability to process what's going on. And the same thing with the last three episodes showing them the way they are. It would be unfair for us to sit here and have a week off between these episodes because we would be sitting here all over the Internet, which a lot of people already are, mm-hmm. but all over the Internet getting it out. This way, it's like it's easing us. It's basically easing us out of this show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. basically getting us to where it's like they and letting us know they are going out on their own terms and we are going out with them. Yeah. And when it's all over, when it's all over, we're, we can all be joyful that we had the experience and at the same time, you know, grieve that it's over. But also with the promise of whatever's to come it gets us to that point to where we're able to move on to what's next. Yeah. Could you imagine if this would have been the mid season break episode, the revolt we would have had everybody, everybody would have gone insane. (laughs) I mean, I, I think I, I literally think we would have had an episode in which probably Mark, what not have been you, it probably would have been like Aaron would have been on and whoever else you want to have on. And we all would have sat here and just said, how could they have done this to us to have just this episode? And we have to wait a couple that would have been months so to get hard. the rest of it. Impossible. It would have been bad. Painful. It would have been <laughs> no, painful. This, this, yeah. this worked out much, you know, much better this way. Yeah. One of the things that kills me as well, just even in picturing, is uh, in Rebels Recon again, they talk about how uh, when Filoni handed out the scripts to all of the actors, he gave them everything mm-hmm. but the last two pages. So uh, I have to mm-hmm. imagine they went and they were recording the episode like they thought it was all going to end okay. Uh, you know, of course it'll be okay because it always is. Uh, and then you know, Flynn is like, "Okay, guys, just sit down. Here's the last two pages. Sorry." And it it 
sounded like it was just as brutal on them as it you know is on mm-hmm. us. Like I can't not, even imagine. Not to sound cruel, but I would have loved to have been in that room to hear their reaction, the voice cast reaction <laughs> to this. Filoni, if you're listening, which mm. you should be, you need to have <laughs> cast reaction videos. You know how we fans do one when you put those trailers out. Oh. Let's get one of those as a DVD added bonus at the end. Like that would be awesome. Do it for the next show. I believe know. Star Wars I'm Resistance. Sure, I'm sure yeah. they have video. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they have video because they'll if, if you watch a lot of the special editions when it comes to a lot of these animated films, they will video record any actor who's in there so they can get some of the expressions of the character of that actor in the character. Mm. So I don't think it's impossible that, you know, there's some video floating around out there of that section. And if there is going to be, Hey, you know, guys at Lucas, if there's going to be a, a release of season four, put this on the special features. Um, you know, if it's there, yeah. it'll be there. Mm-hmm. It's just, would they release yeah. it? That would be the thing. Well, I, I, I think, you know, we, we know that I'm sure it was heartbreaking for the cast, but we also know that you know, Freddie Prince Jr. was actually pushing for this for, for a while. Uh, he said way back in the beginning, that, uh, even in the beginning of the series, he said he needed to die. He was very resolute about it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and Filoni mm-hmm. said that, you know, coming up with a storyboard to kill Kanan was depressing, even though he knew it kind of had to happen. And he, he calls up Freddie Prince Jr. and says, I don't know if I can do this. Are you sure? He's like, it's messed up, man. It's messed up. But, uh, uh, you know, they, they decided. But yeah. but it had to because it, it had to because going into being the fans that we are and going into the movies, what would they have done if he had survived? True. Going uh, and, and also did address that. And he said that just because, you know, Yoda says that Luke's the last of the Jedi doesn't mean that he actually has to be the last of the Jedi. They don't they're not bound by the lines. They're not y- doctrine. Uh yeah, but I don't. And I don't you know think what? it's that, the line, though. It's, it's, it's think about the reality of your rebel right. cell, right? What do we see in yep. Rogue One? We see the Yavin group call on a Jedi. The Yavin group has two Jedi. Why the hell would they call on a Jedi that's out right. of the picture already? So, so mm-hmm. you know, the thing right. that I'm thinking about is okay. Now we've got Kanan's fate taken care of. What if what we're going to see with Ezra is Ezra follows off to Mortis and follows into Anakin's role as the chosen one and fulfills the role on Mortis and creates the balance that Mortis was missing when Anakin chose to walk away from that. And that ties up him. We're only summarizing. Well, okay, fine. Mortis, it it appears, is going to be playing a big thing on this. Go ahead, Mark. I was going to try not to say spoiler, spoiler, but, (laughs) you know, anyway. Well, because because it's it's plain as day Mortis is playing into this. It is plain as day. It's out there, especially the the preview they just released for the next the, the for the next two episodes coming up. There there is the the sister brother and father right there. Mm-hmm. When you talk about so, going out on their own terms, I mean, you know, think yes. about you know the Clone Wars didn't get to do that. You know, they they did the no. best that they could under the circumstances. And then you think about Mortis and what it did for the prophecy of the Chosen One. And everybody was scratching their head. What the hell did I just watch? Oh, hey, here's mm-hmm. a Secrets of Mortis on the DVD. And what's Filoni do? He doesn't give us anything. But at that time, Filoni was still working under Lucas. Now, you know, we're under Disney ownership. Lucasfilm does what they want kind of thing. You know, Filoni could do something totally different or or have something planned now where he could close that bit of the Clone Wars up at the same time. You know, I mean, because mm-hmm. we still don't know what exactly happened to Ahsoka. I mean, last we saw, she was walking into the Sith Temple there on uh, Malachor, but... 
what if somehow she ends up being on Mortis already? Like, what if what yeah. if these temples and stuff are connected? I mean, you know, we got we got Ezra. There's a temple there on Lethal. Okay, Lethal's okay, got a big reason. You are getting way ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need you need to you need to we need yeah. to right now. We need to go to our ratings before we get into the next one because yeah. that actually. But plays I, I, into I do the agree with some episode. of your points. We'll, we'll come so, back to that, but. Yeah, totally agree. But that, that's 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 yeah, the but, next uh, one. But we you know, at, at the very least, Kanan has himself has accepted a form of existence beyond the material, right? And as we'll kind of talk mm-hmm. about a bit more in the next episode, and and he realizes that you know, just like Luke Skywalker, the Last Jedi, you know, sometimes inspiring others is the true path to enlightenment, and that can't be broken. Um, and and you know, he right. um, uh, he he when he started, he wasn't a complete mentor. Uh, just like Gandalf uh, in Lord of the Rings, right? He, when you first meet him, he kind of has to figure it out and be, grow into the role of the mentor. But now that he's done that, he, he's he's finally become the mentor. Now I think it's time with the hero's journey. You know, the, the mentor has to sacrifice himself so the heroes can complete the journey. And, you know, and just like with Obi-Wan uh, or with Luke. And so I think that's that's why this now happens as well. And while it's sad, it was so... Mm-hmm perfectly done especially when the screen fades mm. to white absolutely with the black and white version of the logo with the ash falling behind and the credits with the ash. Silence, that that, just like, that was it, it hits you yeah that was pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah that was pretty cool so i say right now it's ratings and then we got to get on to the next episode because it seems like we're totally ready definitely, to get definitely into so episode. uh mm-hmm. mark you want to you want to go first what, yeah. what, what would you give this episode well, with this one, I would say, you know, I was going to go 9.95, but honestly, I think this one's a solid 10, the more I think about it. And uh, it's 10 Lothwomp Rats? Or is it, would, would that, I, I think that's right. Would, would that be I a Lothwomp Rat? Or would they just be Loth Rats in general? Or would they... <laughs> Or would they be a wa- uh, womp loth rat? Yeah, I'm, or I'm trying. To, I'm trying rat? to. Uh, way, uh, I don't know which way. It see, goes. I'm overthinking oh, it already. Oh. But either way, they're going to be. Mark. They're going to be riding in on those little gliders and pretending to be loth bats. Okay. So, their mission to save Hera didn't work. <laughs> no, they. The only reason we succeeded was because of the womp loth rats. Okay, I'm. I Mark. I can't keep saying this. I'm gonna get. <laughs> I don't. I just like. Anyway, next. <laughs> yeah, I'll go next. I'll go next. You know, I, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here thinking that you know a nine. Uh, I don't think a nine's not good enough for this episode. This episode was a flat out ten. I mean, having the discussion with you guys really made it push over the top. But this flat out ten. I can't say anything else about it. I'm just gonna take my. 10 Womp Rats. And uh, you see, the, folks don't know that uh, it really wasn't the uh, Imperials that tried to put out the fire after the um, the uh, thing went up and Kanan on top. It was the 10 Womp Rats out there with their little itty-bitty fire extinguishers <laughs> that tried to put out the fire. And it happened to have been one of them that found the lightsaber and took it to Rock. And Rock was hungry, so he barbecued him mm. well that's dark i just hope ezra gets the you know, lightsaber back at some point i don't think so i i don't think so i i think i think that lightsaber if we see it again i think it's going to be in thrones office hmm. oh uh, that i that would be I mean, that would I be pretty cool i think that he 
He yeah. had he had the Caligori. Caligori, sorry. Um, since the Caligori's gone, the next logical the next logical trophy in his office is the lightsaber, which would make perfect thing for Ezra to steal. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it, you know, it's kind of it's very good an point. art. In, it's art in some ways, you know. It's uh, it was original creation, and yeah, it is individually yeah. crafted by each uh, Jedi. I, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and it serves right, a dual function because it can come apart and it can actually function as a light and another tool because he used to use it yeah. as two and different tools. That's definitely tools. something I could see Thrawn wanting to own. That. So. <laughs> yeah. Thrawn's like, I really need a new Hydra Spanner, and this lightsaber <laughs> happens to also be one. Throw me the Hydra It's a two-in-one, you know? Like, it, it's good. <laughs> well, well, as, as, bad as, as bad as this could be, if it does end up having a light, he could always shine it on the wall and rock would follow it like a cat and kind of go dance no i'm sorry no, oh, no. that's Tom. what the 10th that's what the 10th womp rat did the 10th womp rat is actually the one thrawn is in his office with the lightsaber he's got the light on the wall the womp rat sitting there following it so he's got that 10th womp rat. <laughs> i'm sorry well, steven, well, okay then steven you're next go uh so i think ones. i'm gonna i'm gonna have to give it a nine and a half out of ten womp rats um definitely up there for me alongside like uh I blank the uh, end of Twilight season two, the, the Ahsoka Vader fight. I can never mm-hmm. Twilight like, and not because both episodes have you know beloved characters die, but they're just both so so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just everything you know. I there's not much more to say. It was just it was a perfect episode in so many ways. Uh, I could have just done with a little bit less uh, of Loopy Hera. I think is what I would say. <laughs> uh, that yeah, but yeah it worked it, it worked it, it was just like it it pushed it was just a little yeah. on, a little on the far side for me personal preference didn't detract from the episode at all still like absolutely amazing uh with my nine and a half womp rats though uh i i do need to let you know a couple of things so kanan kanan's on top he's holding the fireball back he knows he doesn't have the strength to you know keep doing this forever mm. and he dramatically turns and looks back and sees Hera, yes, but also nine and a half Womp Rats on the ship that he just has to save. <laughs> and that's the moment, that's what pushes him into sacrificing himself, is knowing that, you know, those nine and a half Womp Rats are going to make it. It really makes yeah. the sacrifice worthwhile. Okay. Well, it was but ten, but one fell push. apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, one, one you fell know, off. Half of one fell off. It just got, it got caught in the explosion. Lost we the don't tail. Talk about that. We, don't, we don't talk Poor about Womp that. <laughs> okay. We do not speak of Trace. I thought this episode was great. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to give it a 10 as well. And, that you know, the 10 doesn't mean it's the best episode, but it, this is up there. But it means that it is so well done and hit all the right notes. Uh, and there's really not a whole lot I would have I would have changed about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a 10 Womp Rats. Really love the episode. Beautiful cinematography, beautiful music. And um, just it was a fitting end to Kanan, one of uh, the, the best Jedi around. Uh, we're gonna. I think we're gonna miss him. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've can. Okay, fine. You've. Ca- you've no, 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 no. You do not have to adjust. No, I. No, because no. I'm saying that, like I know like the ten is reserved for the episodes that are just that good. Okay, fair and enough. This fair enough. Really is. Uh, it yeah. it really does deserve the ten. Well, I'm, just, I'm glad that the uh, the Womp Rat is now whole again. But um, my my ten Womp Rats are um. 
they're actually uh, they're actually in the possession of uh, Governor Price, and while she might have lost Hera, she's sitting there with uh, Doctor Ball and ten Womp Rats just cycling them through that uh, mm. that 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 chair, going to town. Well, at least it think? takes it's got to take her a while to like. Is it one I at mean, a time? I or think she has like ten mini chairs. Uh, okay. I was gonna uh, say maybe okay. then they'll be able to like cycle through, so they each get a little bit of a Wombrats break at least. But uh, apparently not. No. No. But um. <laughs> do you, do you think do you think those womp rats would, you know, give her a heart, where somehow she would be like the Grinch, where the Grinch didn't have a heart, and then all of a sudden because of these womp rats, it grew so big that she finally had a heart. Sorry, Tom. Instead is your of- question? Price, while individually torturing 10 Womp Rats, has a moment of compassion? Is that the question? Possibly. I just, I'm, I'm going to go with no. Yeah. Uh, I well, think it happens. One can, what, hope. one can hope. Well, um, that's that's not all, though. Uh, we, we have another episode. No, and there was a Tom, second episode. you want to tell us uh, what this episode was all about? Absolutely. The second episode was season four, episode 11, titled Doom. This was written by Dave Filoni and Christopher Yost. It was directed by Sergio Paez. And this one, reeling from a devastating loss, the ghost crew rallies together to find a new purpose and resolve. This literally picks up where the last one left off with a burning, burning uh, (laughs) ball of fire, put it that way. This is this is one yeah. of those episodes that if they had done it, uh, you know, if this had, if we'd had to wait a week for this episode, I would have absolutely hated it. Yeah, like this would have felt exactly like the filler episode that, like, you know, the type that you just hate. Like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. Cannon died a week ago. I'm over it. But yeah. since we got to see it right after, it just works so well. In in reality, in my, they did not have to do any title opening to this, they could have literally just went to commercial break and gone straight into the episode because yep. it, it tied yeah. together so well. And in this one, we got to see the return of a voice actor. Mr. Sam Whitworth came back and he played an Imperial officer. So that was pretty yeah, cool. To yeah. And, and, I, and I did like how, you know, I think like you, like, like you guys were saying, this episode provides a catharsis that we need uh, and a time to kind of decompress after yeah. the the heartbreak of Kanan's death. Um, you know, it, 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 it is paired so perfectly with this episode. And while it works on its own, I, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a character development episode or character centric episode. We really get into how everyone reacts and how they process with Kanan's uh, death and um so i it's a bit quieter there's nothing huge happening as far as like you know thrawn and progressing the 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 plot or saving the galaxy or whatever but it's a personal story which which i i enjoyed and i think works so perfectly right where it was placed uh, because it allows us time to process not only are the characters but us as the fans um and so that so that was 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 really good um Tom, you know, Governor Price is is she just blew up the fuel depot. As Mark was saying earlier, they don't have mm-hmm. any more resources. But what did she decide to do? No. She decides she wants 
she that she you know wants to hide this from her superiors and from the populace and so she does something unexpected she does something very unexpected and that's throw a parade and i'll tell you honestly it was very smart of her because she didn't have to pay money for fireworks because she supplied <laughs> she supplied it herself right uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna take a different point of view go uh, ahead if you're trying to hide that you've done bad uh pray doesn't help <laughs> like no. No, no, not no, no, no. no ah yes the factory blew up ah celebrations all around okay but but there is also a kind of crazy uh craziness to her madness uh, wow, that came out right. There is, um, you know, Tom, you're right. There is a craziness to her madness. Well, 100%. because there is because with the fuel mm-hmm. depot now destroyed, what are the what is the population going to do? Because now the factories are not working anymore. They can't do anything. So they're going to be wandering the streets anyway. So they need something to do. Throw a parade. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to hide it from Thrawn and her superiors like she thinks, but it actually does. It hides it from the populace. And she really thought well. she was going to do that. You know, uh, Zeb yeah. and Sabine later were observant, observant enough to notice what had happened. But otherwise, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, we're all not at work having a little parade. And it's not immediately obvious what is going on. And that was actually very smart. One of the interesting things I thought was well, very interesting. In fact, was one of the guys came up to her and was like, "The security cams verify the Jedi's death." Like, oh, so we've got footage of I that. Hope, like, I'm glad they're backing gruesome. up pretty quickly. Oh, they, uh... <laughs> no, that was necessary because you're coming off. You're like, oh, maybe he survived somehow. Maybe he's just really badly hurt. No, it's gone. Just, no, he's he, he's, he's a gone. crispy critter. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I didn't need the the. That type See, and, and I like when. Oh, sorry about that. When they get to Zeb and Chopper on the base, as soon as everyone's getting off, it's like Chopper's the one that immediately knows something bad happened. Leave it to the disabled vet. You know, I mean, he's the one that reels yeah. up and takes his little hand arm and puts it on Hera's hand. And, I mean, I, I, I started to break on that. And then, you know, you got uh, Sabine doing the classic throwing her helmet, marching off all angry. And Zeb's like, what's going on? And it leaves Ezra to be the one to vocally say what happened. And, oh, man, just hearing him when he said it, it just breaks my heart, man. That the, yeah. the place that that puts him in and where it drives him through this episode, you know, I mean, it it puts him in that place of fear. And it just it just drives everything like and I wasn't expecting it so much because we have Kanan having all this faith in Ezra going forward. And so I think like that kind of carried me over and I forgot, you know. Ezra's just still a teenage boy, you know, he's still, yeah, he's just a kid. Yeah. And, and once Kanan's gone, the reality of that comes crashing in. You know, everybody talks about, well, when so-and-so passed away, or if my mom passed away, or my dad passed away, or my grandpa, and you never realize any of that stuff until it hits. And when it does, you're never prepared for it, you know, and, and no, what you think yeah. you're prepared for, it, it's, it doesn't play mm-hmm. out that way at all. And so, you know, it's, it was a very organic direction that they took the character and yet the way that they used the force to draw it back in and put him back on the path the hero's journey again it, it was mm-hmm. well done yeah the thing i really loved about this episode is we really got to see each character handle kanan's death and uh a very personal and but like in their own way as well like zeb and sabine go out and they're like oh they're angry they're gonna go give the empire the biggest black ai they possibly can punish mm-hmm. ezra you know like you just said mark he's completely lost doesn't really understand what to do doesn't know how to handle it and Hera's just crushed and yeah. like 
almost unable to cope with it. And watching them as each of them kind of figures out how they're going to live with, you know, what's happened is I think what makes this such a compelling episode. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, uh, and it really allows us to get yeah, it's a good you know, episode. more into, into their, their heads. Um, you know, like you said, we, we kind of, let's, let's start with, uh, with, with Hera, you know, obviously she's not that everyone is very upset, but I think she's probably the most heartbroken and she can't believe that she waited so long to tell him the way she feels. And, you know, cause she always thought that there would be more time and, you know, you, you, like you were saying, Mark, you don't, you, you always think you're going to have more time until you realize that you don't. And, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's too mm-hmm. late. And, um, you know, if she just listened to his objections, you know, she feels like he'd still be alive if she just listened to his objections about about starting the war. Uh, but I love that Chopper was there the whole episode just to sit with her and to comfort her because mm-hmm. that's what she needed. And Chopper mm-hmm. is usually yeah. this, you know, rude, sarcastic, dro- cranky, thank you, cranky, cranky. droid. And cranky. But this whole time he just sits yep. next to her and tries to support her. And uh, it was mm-hmm. uh, so well done I, I i thought and and, and the fact Perfect. that they brought in her calicory back and like we talked about in the last episode you know thrown and found the calicory we found out about her brother and now she adds a piece to her calicory in honor of canaan making her making him part of her family and i think that's the perfect payoff mm-hmm. to the calicory subplot yeah absolutely it was just yeah perfectly done yeah now, if only they would have told Hasbro so they could have added a little Kanan bead that you could clip onto it. <laughs> oh, that would be horrible. Well, you know, that's probably in the next Black Series they're going to do right? at some point in the future that it may have that there, but we don't know. The one thing that slid past me on this was, was the fact that Kanan won. I mean, everything that we have been yes. building towards to this moment... Kanan did it. And I think Ezra's talking to Ryder at one point, and he's like, you know, Yavin's not going to come, especially now. You know, they're not going right. to commit to this. So it's like, so where do they go? I mean, do they do they all just pack up and head out or do they stay around to make sure that the factory is completely disabled? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been hampered, but well, I, all they need now is fuel and it could get going again. Right. Yeah. And and but I think also Ryder, didn't he yeah. sit there and say it's over? Many Pretty much. Yeah. To bring yeah. Us this victory. <laughs> But you know, but, but yeah, you know, it, like um, I get it. From Mon Mothma's position, I totally get why she would not send more resources. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they failed Absolutely. earlier. That they had this attack, it, it, it failed, um, and then when they tried to attack again, they are and rescue Hera in, in this crazy mission. Uh, Kanan ends up dying, and of course, Hera's gonna uh, Mon Mothma's gonna say, "Yeah, no, sorry, this has failed too many times. Let's cut our losses." Yeah, uh, you know, and and and, mm-hmm. and go, and so they're they're kind of on their own. And while they've won, it's kind of a bittersweet victory because it came at the cost of of Kanan. And so Sabine and Zeb are are so furious they decide they're just going to cause some destruction. Uh, and yeah, would they go full Punisher? Did you guys think the second that Thrawn told Rook to watch out that that one of them was going to get captured or may even die next? Um. I didn't, but you see, I also was surprised that they wanted to go full Punisher, but did they really? I mean, that's the only thing well, that, that, well, no, but okay, wait a minute. No, I, 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 I go ahead, Stephen. Go ahead. I was, 
I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was gonna say, yeah, they're gonna go full Punisher, and they're like, we're gonna blow up the parade, yeah, sorts of damage, and actually, we're just gonna blow up on speeder on the highway because that's as far as we can go. Yeah, because because <laughs> you're you're expecting it's like they they go out basically with a vendetta. They're just like they want it. Zeb is like, I want to bust heads. Sabine's like, I'm gonna do what I'm I'm gonna do best. I'm gonna go blow things up. But it ended up they were on the outskirts of the town with mac with basically macro binoculars and watching this. Well, there's just people milling around. And it was Zeb who really took a look at it and said, no, take a look again. There's no smoke in the factories. They're, the factories are down because the fuel depot went out. They basically shut down the production of the TIE Defender. And that that made them think, well, they really didn't have to go blow anything up because basically they already did. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So actually, that kind of saved their butt. Had they not noticed that, then they might have put themselves into the snare. Because yeah. Rook, there's one thing Rook isn't doing, and that's messing around. No, no, which I, I, I find that the the couple lines, and Zeb had the best lines in this, where he's looking through the binoculars, and he sees Rock, and he's just like, wait a minute, what is that thing? And then I think it was Sabine says, yeah, we've we've heard about this, or, or uh, Ezra mentioned this and saw it before, no idea what it is. And the best thing was, is Rock is looking through the binoculars and then Rock looks at him and it's like Zeb just goes, ah, it's the eyes. Part of me wanted to say, yeah, like your eyes aren't any better. <laughs> Although, yeah, and it's the way I he delivered really, the yeah. line, though. I mean, he's sure. Yeah, it was terror. But you see, that, that's why I would love I would love to have heard Sabine say, yeah, like yours are your eyes You're aren't any better. Day. Right. I mean, <laughs> There's the pot kettle calling the kettle black. Yeah. And then he's calling I mean, him a baby was, rancor. It's like. Uh, and you're that, a McQuarrie Wookie. <laughs> yeah, that oh, was totally. That was it was a great best. reference to Rear Window too. You know, when they when they're looking through the binoculars and uh, someone looks, you know, they, they look directly uh, at the other guys. Um, but such a such a good a good scene, and and that really sets up the whole mm-hmm. um, uh, the whole battle with Rook, which is a little more personal, I think, than they had set off to go do. Um, but, oh, uh, absolutely. You know, totally, um, totally makes makes sense i think well I, I i will say to a certain extent it started out not getting personal because when they did fight they basically i think sabine's just like you know the odds are basically in their favor because it's i two mean against one. rook went after so two of them and get to a point when we first well, met him as well and that okay that that's true but remember sabine true. and zeb never faced him so sabine took it sabine took it as it's two against one so she thought the odds were basically in their favor so when they actually got to the fight with it started out with Rock and Zeb, which, you know, that actually was fun. But, you know, both of them have like these these weapons that really should have been used a little bit more. And I expected the fight to go a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But but to have Sabine jump down and and get into the fight, which was cool. It was interesting to see that Rock pulls out the cloaking device on this and cloaks himself. What did you guys think of that? That was bizarre on a different level for me. Because, you know, I, I'm, okay. I'm a big Legends fan. And cloaking Are you, are you is, sure, Mark? Right, I've, right? I've never like, noticed. I, I don't hint it enough, I guess. But in Legends, like, they've always had cloaking being this thing that anytime someone had it, it was a reason why 
it wasn't mm-hmm. able to be used a lot. Like uh, Maul Scimitar had it, but it was like a special kind of crystal that eventually they ran out of that crystal, and so that technology died off. And, you know, things like that. So it was always really hard, but it seems like the new canon is like, hey, you got a cloaking emitter, we got a cloaking device, everybody wants to come out, yeah, we're just going to cloak this, cloak that, we're going to cloak <laughs> you, cloak... It's like the Ellen show. Everybody gets a cloak. Look underneath your seats, we got a new cloak device. Like, so... <laughs> I'm kind of like wow. over cloaking. Cloaking is like the new cloning. I, I, really? I don't know. I, I, wow. I think that's hilarious. But I don't get the sense that cloaking is that common. That's too good. I, 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 you get it occasionally. Mm-hmm. I guess more than in the EU, the old EU for sure. Um, but it, well, so my take on it. No, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I, sorry. I actually finished William. Just, so my take on it has always been uh, the cloaking of the old EU was a very was the type of cloaking where it was literally mm-hmm. undetectable via any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like there's no heat being given off, no like you know radiation, just nothing. Right. Uh, and so like the way I interpret it is like in something like this, Rook was more or less invisible, but even like Zeb and Sabine seemed to know roughly where he was. It wasn't mm-hmm. cloaking sounds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or things like that. And it was still like that little telltale shimmer, just enough for them to know roughly the spot he was in, but not enough to be like, oh, he's punching me here. Yeah. Um, so I, it, it, I think it could still work. It's, it's, it's definitely more common than in the past, but it's also just kind of a cool visual thing. And, and it was like, it was like the predator effect because yeah. when you looked at that, that force around him, you could, you could see it, but also Sabine put her helmet on and was able to scan and get the heat signature off of him. So it it's not a perfect cloaking device, but the one thing I loved about this, which I really would have liked to have seen her use it a little bit sooner, is how she was able to defeat that by using one of her little um, her little uh, uh, explosive mm-hmm. devices. And I thought she was going to actually that brilliant, was really cool. I thought she was going to actually blow him up, as crazy as it was, until it actually went off and you saw that puff of paint on him. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, that totally makes sense. See, for me, I I think that was part of my issue that I had was as they're doing that fight, you know, Sabine loses her helmet. First thing I'm like, pick up the helmet, put the helmet back on. Like, this is, this is a tool you need. This is not the time to go. "Ah, I don't need my helmet. Right. Yeah. Uh, And and then, you know, the fact that Ruck doesn't engage the sparks on his weapon. I mean, he did when he fought Kanan and yet Mm -hmm. him and Zeb both have weapons that they could have done it. Like the fight didn't feel as intense as it could have been. And then I was thinking about the fact, you know, I've got the six inch black series, Sabine. She's got that spray paint gun on her ankle. All she had to do is grab that out, start spraying it around, make a mist. You know, they'd have walked Mm -hmm. right into it. She threw that bomb on him and I was like, Oh my God, she's going to blow him up. I thought that was really cool for a moment, but then it's a detonator. It's not one that you put on and it's going to do the work. It's you put it on and you hope you hit the button before he knocks it off. And then it was just paint. I was like, you should have just grabbed the one off of your ankle and just been done with it. (laughs) Okay. But, but this one, but, but Mark, it actually served its purpose. Oh, it did. It gave both. It gave you and I the ability to look, to look at it going, is she actually going to blow him up? And I was hoping she was. I was really. I was to, just well, and, and you know, I'm with you for a second. And there, I think I it also helps. Oh, she'd probably she'd be like trying to spray this paint all over. She'd get it in her eyes. This way, she can just attach it to his back, run away. Right. It explodes. <laughs> He's covered in paint. You're set. Um, right. Right. <laughs> but you see, the, the the other thing this did prove though is once he was exposed and Zeb was able to start beating on him. Zeb was actually to the point to where he was just going to yeah. keep going until Ruck was gone. And it was Sabine who sat there and had to back him off. See, and I needed and that. Say, 
I think I think that that was you know because they couldn't do the Punisher thing that they were going right. to do that that right. made that moment and then of course you had Sabine be the humanity you know that that the rebellion should mm-hmm. be I mean I know that sometimes mm-hmm. they're also point, pointed out as terrorists depending on whose point of view you're looking at but I, I thought that was an important moment I mean because you think about you know this show and even uh, the Clone Wars you know they're aimed at kids and yet they've got these huge themes that go in and out. Sometimes they're right in your face mm-hmm. and sometimes they're subtle. I mean, right. think about the Clone Wars when we went to Camino and we watched all those embryos and stuff get blown up. Those were thousands of babies dying and nobody seemed to bat mm-hmm. an eye. You know, And yet here we've got somebody <laughs> getting beaten to death and yet it's like Sabine's like, uh, maybe right. you should probably Although, rail Although I thought it was, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that was, that was probably the right thing for Sabine to do. But I did think it was funny that just, you know, earlier, uh, hours earlier, Rook was interrogating that trooper. And they discovered the comet had been tampered with, and it explodes, killing I think the the trooper. Uh, so yeah. they, they are they do tend to be a little inconsistent with when they um, decide to kill or not to kill. But um, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now was one of but, those troopers uh, our man uh, Good Withwer? Or uh, I don't think that was I don't I don't think that was Sam Sam no, Sam. He was, Sam he was no, he was an yeah, imperial no. officer, right? He was, yeah. he was a All Imperial right. officer yeah. at the beginning with Governor Price. They, they slide those yeah. cameos in. Like, if you're not paying attention or paying attention to the credits at the yeah. end, you no, would it, miss it, a it lot was, of them. It was definitely nice. And, oh, absolutely. Um, also, I, I liked how the yeah, – touching briefly on the cloaking thing uh, again, the uh, the the cloaking or the, the Cineric optical defaser, I guess is what it's technically called, uh, is actually a reference to the cloaking device used by Cad Bane and Reiko Hardin and the other bounty hunters in the season four episode nice. of the Clone Wars Crisis on Naboo, which is kind of cool, too. Yeah. Nice. And I like the fact that, that the heat sink is a flaw. I mean, you know, I think, Stephen, you were saying how each one's not quite as perfect as some of the ones that were in Legends, which I'm not saying that they were perfect at all. But, like, uh, mm-hmm. when we see in The Last Jedi, I mean, you look out any star window and you're going to see the ships flying off. Like, they don't cloak, you know, they don't hide like it does with in this case. Yet it would take all the sensor readings and stuff off. Um, I want to say uh, Cobalt Squadron, uh, that's what Rose was doing, was building a diffuser, basically, that put their heat sink out so it wasn't putting that up so that wouldn't come up. So it's kind of, you know, you're mm-hmm. right. There is flaws to it still. But I have noticed, though, that in the you know five years since the reboot, there has been a lot of cloaking technology showing up. I'm like, man, okay. Done. Cloaking and, and holocrons, like, those are the two things from Legends that were rare that seem to be, like, all over the place <laughs> right now. Uh, if you, I think if you would look back at Legends, though, you'd find out there were a fair amount of holocrons. Like, as soon as that idea got yeah. introduced, they were kind of yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But the only upside there was they, they were all old ones that were already pre-established, whereas, like, now we're like, mm. hey, I got a holocron. <laughs> yeah, you do. One other like thing about enough. Sabine and Zeb's uh, story before we, we, we wrap it up and, and move on to Ezra is the, uh, the, the, the one thing that bothered me about this was the parade. Uh, they they say they uh, they observe mm-hmm. the parade from afar and they they say that it's going on, but we never actually see it. And I'm I'm sure it was due to production costs, but it was kind of painfully obvious that like, you know, uh, they're like, oh look, there's a parade, and then the only time we actually see it of the Macabronkos is when they're looking at you know the 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 flames of the city from afar. Or you know one to two mm-hmm. people with you know where it's you know uh, Rook and the and the trooper on the highway, and so it definitely made it, the universe feel a bit smaller. Like there wasn't really much going on. So I would have, I wish we had seen a parade, but 
Uh, it's a minor complaint. Yeah, what that, if it was that, set up though? That didn't bother me. Yeah, th- that, that, think that about think me. about you're having you know a city or a town or a world, and they decide to do some special event. In this case, they're doing the parade. You're gonna have setup time. I mean, I, we have a boatnik mm-hmm. parade, and you know, four hours before the parade goes off, the entire street's blocked off. You can't get down there. They're getting everything ready. People are coming and getting seats. So maybe something like that's happening. You know, they're coming in while yeah. while the parade's about to launch, while all the people are gathering up to find out, like, I mean, what are they going to do? Like, you know, does, is Price like, I want all the factory workers to line up, rows of eight. We're going to go, you know, like, what are we doing? Who's yeah, on parade and, here? <laughs> yeah, and then over there, the factory workers over there, make sure that those big balloons, when you blow them up, make sure that one that's supposed to look like Governor Tarkin, make sure you get that mustache off of him first before you blow it up, okay? <laughs> so that kind of stuff. I mean, sure. But the the one thing before we actually wrap up the whole Zeb and Sabine thing with Rock, I found it pretty cool how they were able to um, use Rock to their advantage after he was basically knocked out. Um, Sabine got a little artistic with him. And that set up that little bit of comedy of, you know, when they they got him and they put him on top of the, um, the speeder bike. It's like, you know, Zeb, did you program the homing beacon on that? you know, speeder bike to go where it's supposed to go. It's like, yeah, uh, I think so. so. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, uh, I think so. Yeah, I did. So, you know, especially after seeing how they uh, like left Rook to ride off into the sunset, I'm more convinced than ever that rebels is going to end with Thrawn and Rook in a position that you could basically imagine the Thrawn trilogy could still happen. Mm. Thrawn was just meeting with Palpatine. He knows his defender project is going nowhere at this point. I kind of expect we'll find that after Thrawn has one more big failure, quote-unquote, he's going to be shuffled off to some secret project of the Emperor's, and Rook will return to his homeworld. And, you know, someday if they decide that, hey, we want to do, like, a Thrawn trilogy-type event, mm-hmm. you know, the bare bones of that story will still, you know, exist and That'd work. That would be amazing. Which I think is yeah, actually but, pretty cool. But that would be amazing, but they've got the Thrawn-Darth Vader book coming out at some point. True. So, so that it's is... going to be... That is the one open question. That is the open question. Are they, at this point at the end of Rebels, are they going to end Thrawn's storyline here? Or are they going to keep it open-ended because of the book that's going to be coming out? Uh, If if Thrawn is as popular as Darth Maul, it is going to be set before Rebels. Because that's what they do with every Darth Maul book. When they should put it after, you know the clone wars and it would have made sense mm-hmm. now nah, we're going to give you something before episode one like they're just going to put it into some weird random it'll be before it'll it should be after but they'll do it before mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll be interesting to say the least mm-hmm. speaking of things that are interesting though how about ezra's comment of ha i lived on this planet my whole life and i could still get lost <laughs> like yeah after he's being chased by the wolves because he's he's sitting there it's like what do you want with me what do you want what do you want and and he ran from them, you know. It's like, okay, I understand, but if you have this connection, which it was brought up before, he's got connection with the animal world. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you just sit there and try and make your connection with the Loth wolves at that time instead of actually having them chase you, fall flat on your face in the middle of a planet, and as you just said, Mark, get lost when you're on a planet that you lived your whole life, you ended up getting lost. Yeah. Yep. And see, and, and I didn't realize when he wakes up the first time I watched it, it was clear on the second time, but when he wakes mm-hmm. up, he's in a dream and you could tell because of the stars, the really cool swirls, it looked like Wakanda at night, yeah. you know, I'm just like, oh, hey, how about that? But 
when I was watching it a second time, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, he's he's clearly having the vision. Why didn't I pick up on that? But we see the big wolf. That's when I started to think, like, maybe this, maybe Kanan did transcend. I mean, his eyes healed miraculously. His body no longer needed them. You know, he maybe he transformed into something. This is his way of manifesting to Ezra to basically stop the record from skipping and put it back on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also he had that really crazy um, design that was right between his eyes. So is that a is that a symbol that's kind of symbolizing? I mean, that that, is that, that was Kanan there. The, the also, Kanan's you know shoulder pauldron. So I yeah I believe Ooh, yeah it. yeah. And also they, and also one of the wolves did call him by name. Yeah. So mm-hmm. by doom that meaning. that confused me a so, little bit at first. I mean we had. If you're not paying super close attention, it can be a bit hard to tell. There's, um, uh, there's the uh, um, there's the, the the regular gray wolves, and there's the white loth wolf, and then there is the large mm-hmm. the large one that's introduced in this episode, and that one is the one that says he is called Doom, um, which definitely mm-hmm. makes you wonder if he's called Doom, Kanan's real name. And he has markings of Kanan, uh, yep. similar to Kanan. Is he Kanan? You know? Yeah. Well, think about and what he that, says. He goes, yeah. I am Doom. Then he goes, you run. Why? Yeah. And then he exclaims yeah. why because he knows why. He's like, fear. Then he says, fight together. And then he points him to the Jedi Temple, which I, you know, there's all this call to the Jedi Temple, which is interesting mm-hmm. because they let the Empire take the Jedi Temple. And now... It's important. I mean, one of the last things Ezra says is the Jedi Temple's in danger and we're the only ones who could do anything about it. It's like, what's so important about the Jedi Temple? The only thing I can think of is that that picture that we've seen in the earlier trailers where we see the the father, the uh, son, and the daughter. And I I, I keep thinking, like, there's got to be something with the Chosen One. I mean, why would you bring Mortis in? Why would the Jedi Temple suddenly be so important all out of nowhere. I mean, it, it, it just okay. has to push us that way. I'm, I'm oh. going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you a curve on this one. Oh, you keep asking what's so important. I keep hearing what's so important. What's he carrying? The task for that battle station. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. Well, well, I had to go there. <laughs> well, but no, I Mark, Mark, to a certain extent, I, I agree. I think it's to a point to where, and and it may it may tie into Malachor and and maybe Malachor and Lothal, both of those planets somehow connect to Mortis. Mm-hmm. Because you saw you saw um Ahsoka go into that temple on Malachor. Now who's to say the white wolf isn't Ahsoka? Throw that out there. Uh-huh. Um and then now you've got the larger wolf being Kanan. So I, I, the, the, the temples have to connect. That would be, and they both probably connect. And that's where the danger is. They connect to Mortis. Man, and, and that whole connection line got me thinking about something. You know, I mean, we don't know anything in canon nope. about the Sith's nope. origin. You know, they, they could 100% have just been Jedi at one point and divided. Now, Legends, they made it so convoluted that it was everything and everything at once. You know, they were a mm-hmm. Sith species. They were fallen Jedi, fallen Jedi more than once. Uh, but, you know, well, what if what if and, there and is got, more tying? You've got Bane. 
Yeah, and, and then you've got Bane that comes later. But Bane is really all we have in canon right now. But what if we right. find out that at one point the Jedi and the Sith, they were the same, you know, the word Sith and the word Jedi were the same thing. It just depended mm-hmm. on where you were at in the galaxy yeah. kind of thing. You know, like the Sith mm-hmm. Temple, there's no difference originally when it was originally constructed. But over time, the Sith and the Jedi started to become polar opposites, almost similar to what happened with Luke and Kip Duron during the New Jedi Order, where they were both on the light side, but they were polar opposite on how they felt they needed to go about using the Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, what if we find something like that? And that would actually make them being tied together you know, make more sense. And it would also make sense why when you take a Sith holocron and a Jedi holocron and put them together, you can get answers to almost any hmm. question you want. That would be fascinating going forward. Very interesting. Darn you, Mortis. <laughs> and it also opens up, it opens up a lot of possibilities for storytelling instead of always being, you have right. the Sith and you oh, have the Jedi. Right. So many, so mm-hmm. many options. I don't know. It's, uh, the, yeah. it's, there's a lot of questions and, uh, fascinatingly, if if you look at the 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 credits, Doom is credited as being played by the Force in this episode. And who? What do you oh, do when you die? Crazy people. What do you do when you, you die? With the Force. You become one with the Force. One with the Force. Well, of course, baby. The, the, the White Loth Wolf <laughs> is present, and, and Chopper are both credited Pilani. as you know himself. But the White the but Doom is 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 the Force. And he, I don't know, he, he does kind of have a, his, his voice almost sounds like Kanan. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, I'm not sure if I buy it, but like, this is the first time we've seen someone come back as more than a force ghost or like a mm-hmm. presence somewhere. It's, but. Mm-hmm. This is where we find out that the Loth Wolf is just like one step below yeah. the Bendu. <laughs> that, you know what? That's possible. And, and how come he totally isn't called possible. Loth Bendu? Sorry, I cut. Yeah, I mean, there's so many questions. What the oh, heck God. is what the heck is Ben? Do we never got an answer to that? We might, honestly, we might never get an answer. Um, you know, what what are the Loth? Do wolves? we need to have an answer? We know he's <laughs> yeah. the guy in the middle. I don't know. Dave Filoni loves to add these these are you, you know, sure, Tom? mysterious components, and I I do enjoy them. But there's a lot of questions. Yeah, and and Stephen, yes, I'm sure. I did hear that. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I think um, he mentioned it once or twice. Um, but you know, I, 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 (sighs) doom warns Ezra, like you were saying, Mark about danger and secrets in the Jedi temple. And the last time Ezra was tempted with knowledge, it was the Sith temple on Malachor. And that's when everything went wrong. And he says, Mm -hmm. you know, he tells Ezra that he, maybe he can restore the past or redeem the future. Uh, what do you, what do you think this means? Oh man, I was thinking about this one really hard and think about, for Ezra, what would be the restoring of the past? You know, when Kanan first met him, Ezra was aligned with the light, right? But through the journey, he met Maul, he became tempted, he became swayed, he became conflicted, and now fear mm-hmm. is dominating his life. Kind of like what Yoda said, once you start down that dark path, forever will dominate. And yet, if he's able to restore himself back to what he was before he met Maul... Mm-hmm. Maybe he can redeem his future. Maybe he can break away from it continuing to dominate his life. Mm-hmm. But the question becomes at this point, is there a future for Ezra after the show? Mm-hmm. That that's the that is a question to where we won't know until the actual season is over. Luckily, it's we only do... two days we have to wait. 
well, yeah, well, we, we don't have much longer. Um, you know, but, but that, that's the thing. I mean, that, that there's, there's a point now to where within the, within the Star Wars universe, how is this all going to play out because of the timelines that are talking about in, in all the storytelling they're saying, mm-hmm. okay, how are they going to get away with, you know, Luke Skywalker at that point, he was the only Jedi. He does not, he was never aware of, you know, Ezra. And then you look at, as I'm going to throw this out there as, as canon adjacent, you have the Freemaker adventures where he, you know, Luke Skywalker meets Rowan. We know that's not canon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because what's Rowan's power in canon, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm true. able to Lego build he a just, ship. He, I have no problem with that. I love Legos. Bring it into the actual universe. Lego ships, I don't care. Um, but still, how the stories are going to go from this point is going to be very fascinating. And 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I'm 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 excited at this point to see how the stories are going. We've had love the Legends universe. That was great. But the storytelling at this point, it's like it is totally wide open. And now it's like, how is it going to proceed from this point? And I, st- I still think now you've got Kanan out of the way. Now it's out Ezra of the way. Is wow. like he was a burden <laughs> on you. How He's dare you, there. Tom? Okay. You know what? Freddie Prince Jr., if you're actually listening to the to show. Thank and, you. And everybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it in that way. I apologize. But. Kanan was Kanan is a great character. Didn't say the other word. I said is a great character. Um, but what's going to happen to Ezra when this is over? Well, is he going to is he going to make it to the end? Same thing when it comes to Sabine and Zeb. Those two characters, you can get away with basically just being around and available in the universe. But you now have a Jedi, a Jedi at the end. How are they going to handle it? See, and I, I keep thinking the Mortis angle would be the easiest because it seems like Mortis I, exists outside of time and space to a degree. I mean, you, you know, when we first saw it, it just pulled mm-hmm. Anakin and their ship out of hyperspace and then it disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know, so what if for all intents and purposes he goes, he takes the father's place as the chosen one and he doesn't age. He just stays there or or maybe he does age, but he doesn't yeah. ever die kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Ray comes yeah. across him when Ray's building her new order later in, you know, the next series we get. Like we get Star Wars Resistance or something and Ray's building her Jedi order, you know, like because mm-hmm. that, that was one of the things, you know, you think about Ahsoka and what does Ahsoka always say? I'm not a Jedi. What's Maul always say? I'm not a Sith. And yet they are, you know, they, they just they're no longer part of the club, but. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't get mind wiped. Everything that they knew, all their powers, their power sets aren't gone mysteriously. It's not like in Legends when Kyle Carton started using the the Force and it just disappeared on him and bailed on him and he had to re-pump right. his muscles again and figure out how to Force lift all over again. So, right. you know, I mean, like, you can get around that line. And, and I love that Filoni flat out called it, like, we don't have to, you know, make the universe have no Jedi just because Yoda said a line. I mean... True. So I, I love true. I love that option there that it gives them a lot of freedom. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, the potential yeah. is so cool. It really is limitless. Yeah, and and we'll find out going into the next episode because after Ezra goes through his whole um, dream sequence with the wolf, he's presented with a tablet with three hands on it, and he takes it back to the base camp when they're all trying to figure out what they're going to do. And Ezra says, "You know what?" I know what we have to do. We have got to go to the Jedi temple and basically we have to save it from the empire. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yep, I cannot wait to see what happens. It's going to be good. Yep. Now, didn't Filoni have some little tidbits did, also yeah. from the so, Q&A? Uh, thank you, Mark. Um, uh, he, uh, he, he said that apparently the wolves aren't, are not benevolent. If Ezra doesn't figure it out, they'll just mm. find another way. Um, now, like, mm-hmm. what are their motivations? I want to know. I want. I want to pick Filoni's brain on this one. When you say wolves, Filoni, are you talking like the ones played by themselves? Or are you talking the ones played by the Force? Or is the ones played by the Force not the wolves you're talking about? Because it seems like we have to cast them differently when one's bigger than the rest and it has the name <laughs> Doom. <laughs> well, I, I think I think they're all force wolves. You th- see, that's I. And that's where I'm like I'm conflicted. I on one hand I kind of thought maybe they were all force wolves, and then like I was starting to kind of lean toward maybe it's just Dune's the force wolf, and maybe they all have I, some I special all... connection to the force. Well, if if you look at it this way, if it's not if it's not all of them, the white one and Doom are, mm-hmm. and the other ones are just connected to the force. Maybe they're connected to the force through that temple. That could be. Hmm. That could be. Yeah. And and if you look at it this way, maybe the reason why the quote unquote danger could be is somehow there's something in that temple that could turn those wolves against the citizens of Lethal and the rebels. Mm-hmm. You don't know. I mean, that that's the fascinating thing about what is in that temple other than maybe another holocron. Well, knowledge and destruction. That? That's the only thing well, the wolves said. Yeah. And and if there's knowledge in there that the em- that the empire right. can, you know, exploit and Palpatine can get his hands on because we have seen Palpatine makes an appearance in this show when we don't know, but he makes an appearance in front of Ezra. So oh, that's right. Somehow, somehow some way does it happen in this temple in the next two episodes oh. or does that somehow go into the last three episodes that now at this point it seems like the series is going to end on Lethal. Oh, and there is absolutely. something important about Lethal. Now, what game was it? Was it Obi-Wan or one of the Clone Wars games where there was a force harvester that created a big that bubble? That was uh, the Clone Wars, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What if we it had something a, like uh, that? like tank game that was awesome. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What if we had something like that where, you know, it, it, the knowledge launches something like that where the force basically goes on the attack and that's why the wolves are like not hmm. going to sit back. They're like, if we don't do something, something bad's going to happen. That That's a possibility. We we don't know. I mean, that's the fun thing going into these next couple episodes. Well, somebody <laughs> here knows. But that's the fun thing going into the next couple episodes. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. anything could happen. Anything Dang. can happen. Yeah. I See, that's the, that's the one thing about it that, that can can almost be too unfortunate because we sit back and we got all this time on our hands and we think of all these wonderful possibilities like Sith temples and Jedi temples having their own doorway to Mortis where Anakin, or not Anakin, but Ahsoka can get with Ezra and Ezra can become the chosen one and we get everybody out of the way and Ezra doesn't have to die, but he's out of the way and and it won't happen and I'll be sad because they'll be just something else and I'll be like, man, they should have done with the Mortis thing because now, now I got another bonus thing with Secrets of Mortis and there's nothing here. Why, Filoni? Why? I thought it was Lucas that told you to do that. I really no. think he's going to say something this time. I truly do. <laughs> I'll tell you honestly, Mark, I would love to see you in a question and answer session with Filoni. I really would. 
Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think Filoni wants to be there for that. No, I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to dress up as like a five-year-old, walk down on my knees. It'd be the only way to answer <laughs> my question. <laughs> That's you're probably right. Actually, you're what I'll do is right. I'll send Jaina up with a little vocabulary attached to her. Bo- they'll be like, "You little six-year-old," and all of a sudden, my voice starts coming out of her. <laughs> like, what? Somewhere no. wrong? <laughs> no. No, you put a little Bluetooth speaker, uh, Bluetooth <laughs> thing in her ear, and you basically call that, and you you te- you walk her through the question, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and then then at a certain point when she stumbles, because you go, for those oh, of you who don't remember, <laughs> Filoni cannot withstand the uh, a question from a, a a little kid. He he always. He, the innocence of a the kid. He caves. The innocence. He folds. He folds. Yep. Yes. He yes. folds. I've I've yeah. witnessed it twice. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. I think we have too. Uh, I, I, Are yeah, we good for I, reviews I, on this one? I think so. I believe I, so. I think we're we're pretty much we've pretty much covered these. It's hard to believe we're we're into the final yeah. handful of episodes now. Um so yeah. Tom, what what would you rate this episode? Okay. Well, I, I like this episode. I, I like the episode because it was a great way to come down from the emotional impact of the first episode. They had to show these episodes back to back. Um, I have to give this one an 8 point. I, I'm giving this one an 8.5. Um, very enjoyable episode. Um, it was a great way to ease us into what's to come. I am going to take my 8.5 Womp Rats and... Um, in this case, the fight that happened between Sabine, Zeb, and Rock, the one thing you didn't see, mm-hmm. um, Sabine actually had another one of those little paint things that fell off of her. That when she it, when she exploded the one that was on Rock, she also exploded the one over to the other area and accidentally painted the 8.5 Womp Rats. And the 0.5 is the one that happened to have had the thing fall on top of. That's why that he's a 0.5. But they ended up having like a paint party. <laughs> a paint so party. they're they're all painted orange <laughs> okay. running around Lethal. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah. Um Steven, yeah, so uh, I, William, why don't you go next? Uh, this was a it was a good episode. I really liked how we got to focus on um we got to focus on what was how how the characters were feeling and, 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 and really see them process this and and, and go through that uh, all those emotions and um, you know on its own I think it would have been good but not great uh, but tied and, and paired with um, Jedi Knight and then um, it was uh, perfect and the, the, a great way to help us you know get over the the loss of, of, of Kanan and um, after these two episodes aired uh, at the uh, at the screening, they actually handed out boxes of tissues <laughs> for everyone, so they could you know like uh, in case they they, wow. they didn't want to spoil it beforehand, but since people could dry their eyes after uh, afterwards, so um, <laughs> I, I have to ask really quick: Did the <laughs> no, box I of wish. tissues have I the wish. Lucasfilm logo um, on it? But uh, oh, anyway, it was a uh, it was a very uh, a very set of emotional set of episodes, and this one was a nice way to decompress. And so, uh, I'm gonna give it eight Womp Rats out of ten, and uh, my uh, my eight Womp Rats are. Um, let's see, I I, I I realized I hadn't even thought about what my eight Womp Rats are gonna do. Maybe they are um, my uh, the 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 Loth Wolves have the Womp Rats. They they hang out with the Womp Rats and, and play with them. I'll be a little bit nicer. 
in this one. Oh. So okay, that's very nice. Yeah, of you, they they that's kept cool. uh, and they, you know when they're not hanging out with the Lothals, they keep Hera company. So. So, so I can see the wolves basically laying there with a womp, a womp right in between each paw, batting it back and forth. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Mark or Steven, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Steven next? Oh, Mark. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I think about this one being no, no, a that, solo that episode. If I didn't watch this one back to back. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, there you go. <laughs> but if I had to take this one on its own merit, I, I think it loses a little bit because you'd probably be completely lost as to what's going on. You'd figure it out real quick as soon as Ezra opens his mouth and tells Zeb, but I think you would miss so much impact. Uh, so with that, you know, I think about that. And then I think about, you know, the aspect of, of getting over Kanan's loss. Uh, you know, how long is this going to go? I mean, you know, think about Han and Chewie in uh, New mm-hmm. Jedi Order and how long it took Han to get over it. I mean, you know, maybe this episode, if this episode is supposed to be serving the family getting over Kanan, and if this is the only time we're going to think about him or talk about him, which I don't think that's the case, but if it was the case... That would be something that would probably diminish this in my eyes a little bit more. But for mm-hmm. me, and bear with me here, I'm going to go with 64 Womp Rats. That's eight Womp okay. Rats each that are being fed to the Lothwolves to keep them from attacking Ezra. Wow. Wow. Sacrifices must so, be made. <laughs> so so you're, you're, you're uh, satisfying their hunger. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it a solid So they eight. wouldn't be hangry. Yeah, no hangry. Okay. No hangry. Okay. So I guess I guess that leaves me. There you go. Uh, so I'm. I think I'm gonna have to give this an eight out of ten in Womp Rats. Uh, like in, we've we've certainly covered it well enough. Like it just this was the perfect complement to the previous episode, and I am so glad that we got to experience them together. Uh, it just yeah. it really did. I think make it made the entire thing. Is how I guess is all I can really say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with my eight Womp Rats. I really should have been thinking about something clever to do with them. Um, I think, you know what? They, they've had a hard day. You know, their friend Kanan just died. I think I'm my Womp Rats deserve a break. Womp Rats are people too. Yay. I mean, they're, they're, Yay. they're rats too. But they just, they're just taking time. They're going to recuperate. And then next <laughs> week, they'll probably die horribly like normal. So You never know. I mean, one of them <laughs> might end up in a hat somewhere cooking somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, oh that's God! What happens? Uh, <laughs> so 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 coming up on the uh, Ion Cannon podcast, um, the next episodes we're going to be reviewing is season four, episodes twelve and thirteen, "Wolves at the Door" and "A World Between Worlds," uh, respectively. Uh, this is where Ezra discovers that the Empire has plans for the Jedi Temple. Wait, this is when he discovers it. I thought we just watched the episode where he discovered it. The wolf told him. <laughs> well, to a, from a certain point of view. That's true. You know, from a certain yeah. point of view, too, when I hear the titles of this and I think about Ezra looking like uh, one street rat, I hear that whole a world between worlds is a whole new world. Oh, God. Oh, God. Are we done? Thank you, done. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a nail in it for you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, a nail in it or a nail in my head? Pretty much both. You know, they call me the Punisher. My puns are yeah. a punishment. Well, and we love having Mark, you're you priceless. on. You are as uh, well so Thrawn. much fun. So <laughs> you bring so much energy to the show. So thank you so much. Um, you want to tell people where they can uh, where I they can find, find you? 
Well, you know, we do all our stuff over at www.starwarsreport.com. You can find our second Airborne Division podcast, like this one and all the Yay. other ones out there. I'm on uh, Star Wars Report, Star Wars Beyond the Films, and I do Padawan's Perspective with my children and Barrett Lawton and his son. Uh, in fact, we just did an interview with uh, Chris Kennett, uh, the illustrator for one of the big golden books. My kids got to ask some questions to that awesome illustrator. He lives down in Australia. Had a real good time, so it's been fun getting to do things with my kids and getting that going on, getting to do stuff with you guys and stuff and hopping on the iTunes and seeing, you know, a bunch of our shows starting to pop up in the top 10 and stuff. It's been pretty, uh, pretty awesome. The last four years, man, everything's been going really good. So check out Star Wars Report and check out all our podcasts and stuff and check out the articles that we have up there. Great. Thanks. And we will very cool. We'll definitely. I need to have you back before too long. Cause it was, it was criminal. How long last time? Mm-hmm. So, Right, yeah. man. Just and think, like uh, we'd only have two more, uh, two more Mondays, and, uh, and this whole show oh, would have been over. I'm so glad you called me, me when so you close. did. I know, <laughs> even yeah, though it was brutal. I, mean, I was one part of me was like, man, William <laughs> knew this was going to tear me up. Like, how bad did he know I was going? Oh, I was like, and that's yeah. and that's why we had to have you on. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Wouldn't have had it any other way. <laughs> so, okay, cool. Well, thank you, and uh, we will talk to you guys okay. next week. With our uh, our review of Wolves in a Door in a World Between Worlds. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.